Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy, and thanks for joining us today, January 10th, on No Greater Delight, our podcast on Marian feasts and Marian meditations. Well, once again today, we have a number of feasts that we celebrate. First, we can head to the consecration of Madonna di Sotto gli Organi in Pisa in Toscana, Italy. In 1497, this church was consecrated. Then we can head over to France, where we celebrate Notre Dame de Spelucque in Ampus Var uh, in France, obviously. You may not have known that from my French, but uh, it's supposed to be in France. So this church was originally built uh, in Thanksgiving for a victory over Saracen invaders in 973, right? So the little church was built, and then it attracted a community of monks. In 997, the landowners gave them the chapel and property nearby for their priory. And later, in thanksgiving for their work, a woman named Gusla funded a larger church. And this larger church was consecrated on January 10th, 1090. A church dedicated to Beat Marie de Sebluca, which they said is somewhat of a mysterious name. Not just because of my pronunciation of it, but it seems to mean St. Mary of the Cave. Uh, there is no cave nearby. Maybe thousands of years or thousands of years ago there were. Like um, some say it was maybe a Christian refuge from the Saracens or a reference to St. Victor who was buried in a cave. Some people think that Speluca is a corruption of sp- uh, Spisus Locum, the dense place, right? Uh, in any event, in 1793, the revolution closed the priory, sold the property, served as a barn for 40 years, and then it was bought and restored by a local family. Right. Interestingly enough, the building of 1090 is still there. It's kind of hidden under the 1700s editions, but it's still there. Right. Likewise, we head over to Constantinople, where we celebrate Our Lady of the Guides. Now, I couldn't find very much information about this. One source, I think this is Father Orsini's book, dates it to uh, 1570, but he doesn't say what happened in 1570. Another source indicates that one of the distaffs of the Blessed Virgin was shown, with some of the clothes of the infant Jesus, with, with which St. Pulcheria bestowed on this church. Um, a distaff is what you use for spinning uh, fabric or spinning, spinning, spinning yarn. There we go, that's the word. Um, and St. Pulcheria lived from 399 to 453, so I'm not sure what the 1570 date has to do with anything. What I do know, though, is that today we also celebrate the Madonna del Pianto in Rome, Italy. This is a very interesting uh, event, right? So, on January 10th, 1546, in Rome, Italy, so today in 1546, two men quarreled near the street shrine of the Madonna del Portico di Ottavia, right? Which is on the Via Arco dei Cenni, near the Roman ghetto, right? So, this is a very common thing in Italy, Uh, You'll have just little Marian shrines just in the walls of buildings or just down the street as you walk. So anyways, the two of them were fighting, and one of them begged the other to spare his life for love of the Virgin Mary. He said, okay, please, please don't kill me because of my love for the Virgin Mary. Okay. And then what did he do? Well, that man stabbed the other one in the back when he hugged him in forgiveness. It said that the image wept for three days. Of course, you'd weep. You know, he says, like, please don't kill me because of your love for the Virgin Mary, and the guy turns around and kills him. He betrays him, right? So, mother and child were solemnly crowned May 20th, 1643, right? Um, 
My source notes that the image appears to be a somewhat abstract representation of Mary nursing the child. If you see the image, it's a little, it is a little abstract. It's kind of hard to tell what's going on. But that's what we're celebrating today on January 10th. So as we continue our way through meditations on Mary, our mother, Marian writings taken from the works of St. John Henry Cardinal Newman, we continue with this last meditation in the section on Mary as Ever-Virgin. Today's meditation comes from the Meditations on the Litany of Loretto for the month of May and is entitled, The Most Devout Virgin. Let's see what John Henry Newman has to say. To be devout is to be devoted. We know what is meant by a devoted wife or daughter. It's the one whose thoughts center in the person so deeply loved, so tenderly cherished. She follows him about with her eyes. She is ever seeking some means of serving him. And if her services are very small in their character, that only shows how intimate they are and how incessant. And especially if the object of her love be weak or in pain or near to die, still more intensely does she live in his life and know nothing but him. This intense devotion towards our Lord, forgetting self and love for him, is instanced in St. Paul, who says, I know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. And again, I live, yet now not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live in the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and delivered himself for me. But great as was St. Paul's devotion to our Lord, much greater was that of the Blessed Virgin, because she was his mother, and because she had him and all his sufferings actually before her eyes, and because she had the long intimacy of thirty years with him, and because she was from her special sanctity so ineffably near to him in spirit. When then he was mocked, bruised, scourged, and nailed to the cross, she felt as keenly as if every indignity and torture inflicted on him was struck at herself. She could have cried out in agony at every pang of his. To be devout is also to be a martyr. She was a martyr without the rude dishonor that accompanied the sufferings of martyrs. The martyrs were seized, hailed about, thrust into prison with the vilest criminals, and assailed with the most blasphemous and foulest speeches that Satan could inspire. Our Lord was buffeted, stripped, scourged, mocked, dragged about, and then stretched, nailed, lifted up on a high cross to the graze of a brutal, brutal multitude. But he, who bore the sinner's shame for sinners, spared his mother, who was sinless, the supreme indignity. Not in the body, but in the soul she suffered. In his agony, she was agonized. In his passion, she suffered a like passion. She was crucified with him. The spear that lifted his chest pierced through her spirit. Yet there were no visible signs of this intimate martyrdom. She stood up, still, collected, motionless, solitary, under the cross of her son, surrounded by angels, and shrouded in her virginal sanctity from the notice of all who were taking part in his crucifixion. <laughs> 